Welcome once again to the Kingdom Casts podcast. This is episode one in a new series of Kingdom Casts episode called Media Mess, in which myself, Albert, and Ali Marceau discuss what's going on in the world of movies, television, and streaming, what's coming up, and what the rumors are. In this episode, we talk about the first episode of Watchmen, touch briefly on Supergirl and Batwoman from the CW, go greatly in-depth on the last Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer. We move on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Rumors, speculation galore. I'm Stan Daniel. With me, as always, is Albert Marsh. And with us both is Ali Marceau. So, Albert. Yeah. Allison Marceau is back. <laughs> I know. Hi. <laughs> Say hello to the people, Allie. <laughs> Hi. I'm back. All right. This is the first episode of Kingdom Cast's Media Mess. And what we hope Media Mess is going to be is once every two weeks, we'll post a Media Mess podcast episode that deals with movies and all the TV stuff, all the streaming stuff that's going on with your favorite shows, any of the news, any of the celebrity gossip, that sort of thing, speculation, all that stuff will come out on Kingdom Cast's Media Mess with. Of course, Albert, Allison, and myself. Every couple of weeks, every two weeks. Y'all think that's a good schedule to keep? Yeah. Works for me. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into it with the big thing. We were going to start off with Watchmen, but Watchmen just got bumped down a few grades. As usual. Uh, uh, (laughs) No, no big deal there. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine final trailer came out tonight. Yep. All right, let's do thoughts. We'll start with Albert. Albert, your thoughts on the final trailer for yes, The Rise Albert. of Skywalker. I need to hear this. Well, I like the the slow version of the theme, but that's, that's sort of about it, really. Are you absolutely <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> you you are absolutely, you have got to be kidding me on this. <laughs> I thought the space horses were pretty stupid. <laughs> Wait a minute. I must have missed that one. No, they're I on watched the, it twice, and I didn't see any space They're riding around on space horses on top of the Star Destroyer. It, now, it, wait a minute. Wait, like, it can't be any worse than space teddy bears. So, I mean, there has to be one ridiculous animal or whatever in any third Star Wars. So, Well, are we sure they're on top of the Star Destroyer? Is that not what they're on top of? Well, I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> And Albert, they're they're called fathiers. They're not they're not space horses. They they have what fathiers? Oh, space horses. F a t h i e r s. I'm trying to determine are they on top of the? Well, it certainly does look like they are on top of a star destroyer. Look, it looks pretty stupid, don't it? It doesn't look stupid at all. Every every scene in this was epic. I mean, I do. I am I am truly astonished when I saw this. After I came to terms with it myself and dried my eyes, I thought Albert will appreciate this. I don't. I think when it comes to this trilogy, it just now the prequels are bad movies. I'm not saying yeah. they're good movies, do, but do, I do. at least appreciate George Lucas, Lucas having the right idea with them. Uh, no, 
Absolutely not. Uh, Albert is 100% correct. They are on top of a Star Destroyer. But yeah. In the middle of this battle, which means the battle takes place inside of an atmosphere. Yeah. There's also lightning strikes going on. Of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, what was your take on the trailer? This is going to get it interesting. Sorry, I'm still processing because I literally watched it less than 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, we've kind of had little discussions and haven't really been able to do our usual thesis. Thesis. Yeah. And theories and stuff like that. That'll usually happen at 3 a.m. Where the sleep deprivation kind of <laughs> pulls I, in the, wait a minute. I'm not coming back to restart the podcast at 3 a.m. No, I will text message you at 3 a.m. Oh, no. great. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the more we look at it, the more we're starting to think that they're going to go back to Camino. With all that storming and stuff like that, it looks a lot like Camino to me, which honestly is kind of backing up that clone theory, possibly. What are you saying they're cloning? Possibly the Emperor, but there's also that whole Ray clone theory. Give, given the lightning and the atmospheric stuff, I don't know. Albert, what did you think about the giant iceberg, the <laughs> asteroid? Oh, I don't. I just assumed that was like a cloud city type thing. No, no, except no, no. this one's except this. It, was it? A, I thought it was floating in the air. Well, it's in the middle of space, and yeah. it may or may not have an atmosphere. But I'm kind of leaning toward that. There's a star destroyer inside of it because you see the star destroyer bursting out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if they were within the atmosphere of that area. But also, there's a scene in it at the one minute and fifty eight second mark. If you're just watching it through like a normal trailer instead of stopping it second by second like us obsessive compulsive Star Wars individuals are, you see Ray standing on a concrete floor that looks yeah. aged and weathered and all, and she's facing something. Well, I can clearly see at the one minute and 58 second mark, that looks like the back of the Emperor oh, connected yes. to some life support device, yes. possibly. Yes, and that's... Uh I was kind of leading to that, but I didn't know if we were doing the whole, you know, this has yeah, we spoilers. Can, <laughs> no, we can we can break this down. I mean, this trailer oh, yeah. is out there for everybody to see. Well, yeah. The the uh, part that got me was the three PO thing. Yeah, I think he's getting his memory light. We saw the red eyes in the previous trailer. Yeah. I've heard rumors that he's supposed to be translating something from the Sith, the ancient Sith. Hmm. And they're like altering him to be able to do that, but it requires wiping his programming. Huh. Albert. And no, and no one's ever heard of like computer backups in Star Wars universe. <laughs> well, obviously not. I mean. I, if that's the case, I promise you R2-D2 has thought ahead on this. No, no. C-3PO's dead. Uh, he's not as, he's not as marketable as. Uh, Stop doing that. <laughs> as BB-8. <laughs> so he's got to go. Another thing too, though. There's a lot of interest in the Jedi Fallen Order game that's coming out, and that's all canon. Um, it is canon, but I don't see this. This uh, is going to be self-contained to everything that's come before it. Now, on well, that note, 
the ghost is flanking the Millennium Falcon. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, the I ghost did see from that. Rebels, the ship. Yeah. I did see that. What's the basic lifespan on Harris people? Do you know that off the uh, bat? Well, uh, I think they have a double lifespan of humans. Okay. However, so- time wise, their kid still would be alive relatively. Well, Hera would still be alive. Yeah. I mean, if she's got double the lifespan, even if she didn't, and she ages at the rate of a normal human, Han Solo and Princess Leia are still alive. And they were roughly, Han Solo was roughly the age of Hera. Han Solo's dead. I'm I'm aware that Han Solo died, but he died an old man in episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) What would it take to please you on this, Albert? (laughs) Nothing, nothing in these movies, I guess. I don't. I don't, I don't know what would make me give a crap about any of this. The credits. Not, not only does it look like it's Palpatine connected to whatever that thing is, it looks like whatever he's connected to has the possibility of movement. Yeah, and I don't like the fact that they're using Palpatine. I don't think he's whole either. This will like, be interesting. Yeah, I can't believe that you're not excited for this, Albert. <laughs> Why would I be? <sighs> The last movie wasn't no good. The last movie was out freaking standing. I wouldn't know it, it wasn't. God. Everybody, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to take with some of you people on this. I know. See, I'm going to go back and watch episode eight tonight as I edit this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, me, I'm just happy it's Star Wars, so. And Dominic Monaghan. I'm thrilled. Oh, you, you like your little hooks there? I do. Well, no, that's 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 not Hux. Dominic oh, Monaghan. He was in the. He was behind Rose. Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. 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 I'm Hobbit. sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I got. Who is? Wait a minute. I've got Hux's trying, name mixed he's, up. I think he is a Dominic. I'm trying to think of his last name. Oh, is he the one that was on Lost? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Pippin. Uh, not Mary. I'm tired. <laughs> sorry, but yeah, Mary. Yes. Get your little Hobbit straight. Get yeah, your little yeah, hobbits in yeah. a row. There's four of them. Come on. I was bound to get one of them right. <laughs> God. Hold on. Hey, not even Lando excites you. I, I'm, I'm not sure why Why would they kill him off like did all the other old people? <laughs> God, Albert. You know, when I get press passes to Disney, I, this is why you're not going to get an invite to go to the... Uh, well, see, uh, the problem is like, with I, don't, I don't like any of these new characters. Why do you not like any of those? I I, I love Ray. I love Poe. I think Poe is really, really good. The whole point of episode eight was Poe and Finn made mistakes. Yeah. And it doesn't end well for the, for the good guys. Yeah. But I still greatly appreciate it. What? Not one of them appeals to you? No. <laughs> None of them do. Kylo doesn't. Uh, Hux doesn't. None of the bad guys I, do. None of the good I, guys. I, I like Kylo. Hux is supposed to appeal to anybody, but I mean, he kind of does do a lot of. People. I don't. Hux <laughs> should have been. What they should have done with Hux is made him like Grand Moff Tarkin. Like <laughs> Hux, Hux isn't believable at all in his role of being right underneath Kylo or Snoke at one point. I suppose well, he's he just—he's just someone that's there. Well, he rose oh, to that position. I, I relate to Hux in the scene from The Last Jedi where Kylo is screaming, open fire on Luke. And after, you know, 40 so you seconds of everybody. Uh, yeah. Do you think we got him? 
Right? <laughs> I, I think mean, that was everybody's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was it. Of course you didn't get him. And this was an entire this was a tremendous waste of limited what is at that point limited ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> really, Albert, you just out. But you are gonna go see it opening night, right? Maybe not opening. We kinda have a podcast to do. <laughs> I guess I'll see it somehow or another. Allie, you and Josh are, right? Oh well, yeah, probably because we'll try to avoid spoilers so yeah and it's almost gotta... impossible there's well, no yeah. there is no spoilers for this movie like how is there spoilers for this movie well uh, clearly something bad happens to 3po well, well to me it would be if they tried to challenge the viewer at all on anything there would be spoilers but there's not at the end of it ray will still be there and the bad guys will be beat and that, that'll be that there are some supposed spoilers out there of what <laughs> Of different plot points to it. What plot point? There's no plot. There is a plot point. What's what's the plot of these movies? Gotta find out who Ray is because Ray is somebody. Apparently that's we don't we don't care about that and Snoke we no longer care about. Kylo lies. Yeah, it's what happens to Kylo as well. Yeah. That's very important. He is the last Skywalker slash solo. But no one cares Mm -hmm. about Kylo. Everybody cares about Kylo. I don't. My 15-year-old niece has a Kylo poster up in her room. Josh has a Kylo costume. <laughs> and and we have two helmets and oh I, two I lightsabers. Love, I love that I say my 15-year-old niece has a Kylo poster and immediately Allie jumps in. Well, my husband has a <laughs> <laughs> He's like stepping it up. Yeah. I just like none of these characters have any motivation. Yeah, they do. They're trying they, to defy right. tyranny. But They're we battling already, the We already nuts. beat them. We already beat them in Jedi. We already well, beat them in Episode Six. Obviously not. Clearly, we didn't beat them well enough. Clearly, Palpatine had backup plan after backup plan in play here. And the only reason Palpatine's in this movie because they couldn't think of a bad guy. Well, I mean, they couldn't think of anything to do. Anybody, we'll just use Palpatine again. Anybody who's read any of the Legends books brought him back like three times in that. You can't the old books, they rebooted it. They remember they threw all that mess out and said it didn't count anymore because Kathleen Kennedy didn't like it because they were making new movies. Watch this, (laughs) watch, watch this. Okay, Ali Marceau is a complete Potterhead. Okay, yes, I am. Now, I want you to be honest Mm -hmm. between the two. Who is the most fearsome, best written, best put together bad guy? Palpatine or Voldemort? Oh, geez. Doctor well, Doom. <laughs> well, Doom beats all, but he's not in these movies, or in he's not. You know, it, I don't know. Going, are we going by numbers or? Look, I look at it like this: the reason they both have to racist bring, jerks. <laughs> the, the reason they have to bring Sheev Palpatine back is yeah. because you will never be able to top Emperor Palpatine. Well, that's and their fault for just re- retreading the good guys versus not the just Rebel versus Star- Empire stuff. That's their there, fault. There will they could never, have done something different. There will never be a greater movie threat than Sheev Palpatine. They could have they, they could have made these movies about Luke and not about Ray, but they, they didn't want to do that because Disney didn't invent Luke, so they weren't going to have him. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> Imagine if this trilogy was like some crazy meta thing about Luke ascending into godhood. But he kind of did. But he didn't. He just sat there and he just fell over dead and that was that. Well, we don't because know because we he, haven't seen episode nine yet. He did But he's something. dead. Like he can be a force ghost. Force he's ghost part of the force. Dead. But he did something that both Qui-Gon and Yoda and Obi-Wan they could not do, and that was send a physical form of himself way across the galaxy. And he could literally battle Kylo physically without but actually he, but being he didn't there. physically battle Kylo. Yes, he did. No, he, he didn't. They did not they did not make contact. He held Kylo at bay. Yeah. He held the entire First Order Yoda, at Yoda, in the same movie, Yoda called down lightning as the Force Ghost. That's right. But Yoda has been dead for a little while and did yeah. not, not will the grand, himself. Not, not in the grand scheme of things. And uh, as far as Lose's, Yoda's lifetime went, him being dead was a very, very small portion of that between, him, was it Jedi, uh, Jedi and now? There's there's different there's, phases. It's a very, this. very, very small time compared to that man's old life being a thousand plus years old at that point when he died. But the deal is with Luke is that he was healthy. He was perfectly healthy. He was yeah. not near death. He willed himself physically into the force, which is something that neither Obi-Wan nor Yoda could achieve unless they were, they were facing death themselves. Yeah. And that's the, that's the difference. Luke is, we'll have to see the movie's called rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And they're not going to give away. They're not going to show you Luke or anything. I hope Anakin, I still, I'm still hoping for Anakin slash Vader to somehow show up. That It'd looks be to be some sort of Vader-esque something that Kylo and Rey strike down. But you, Was that not his ashes? I don't know. That was, it looks an awful lot. If you freeze it, it looks an awful lot. Uh, like part of his mask is falling to yeah, the floor. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, when they bust, it looks like a piece of helmet's flying. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about this, which means, it'll, Albert, it, you have to be excited, too. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting. Look, movie villain-wise, you're just not going to beat Sheev Palpatine. Between do something this, different. Don't between, do the same thing. Between this and the prequels, there is not a greater movie villain than Sheev Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, there's there's just not. You talk about the master strategist, space wizard, playing all odds against itself, and even when everything goes utterly and completely wrong, he's somehow able to come back from it. Mm. That's my point of view. I just don't know what it would take. Uh, Luke Skywalker descending into godhood. Why would you want that? That's not even... The Force does not recognize it, it Godhood. Would be, it would be different. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so predictable. No, it's not. How is it, it predictable? Is. How is, because it's, that's, it's, what, that's what everybody wanted for Luke. And even Mark Hamill had... He was angry about that not happening. Now he's kind of come to terms and outright said, well, I can see that's how it kind of had to end and how it had to go. He had, so, he had to come full circle as a character. He did the most Jedi thing ever. Yeah. And that was his ascent, his ascension. And, he did and, something. Yeah. 
a lot of Jedi in both legends and in the comics and everything like that, they've always had a point of, of falling or having doubt in themselves, whether the stories have been clean or retconned or whatever. I mean, Qui-Gon had one, Obi-Wan had one. They all go through that self-doubt. You can't have a hero without that period of negative point. They always talk about Star Wars being the ultimate story between good versus evil. And a lot of people equate it to almost a biblical thing. Well, they it pulls from about- the... It- he had Joseph Campbell on the set of episode four of New Hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joseph Campbell, the father of modern philosophy on mythology, yeah. the authority on it. And yeah. he pulled from Judeo-Christian beliefs. Yep. He pulled from Buddhist beliefs. He mm-hmm. pulled from, I mean, he pulled from a, every major mythology and religion on the face of the earth as he was oh, putting yeah. it together. And that was the intent in this. I'm excited by it. That's oh, yeah. my final word. Allie, are you excited by it? I'm excited. I want to see where this goes. I really do. Albert? I'll go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see Albert's reaction after. It had to take take Luke Skywalker turning into a literal universe for me to probably (laughs) care about this movie. Uh, Amazing. Brie Larson shows up as Captain Marvel at the end. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Right through the Star Destroyer. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go on to this week's big television premiere. Before we get to Watchmen, though, neither of you saw Batwoman or Supergirl. No. I'm not up to date with a lot of the DC TV stuff. Um, I've been meaning to. The crisis actually yeah. interests me. Crisis starts December 8th yeah, with Supergirl. So I have time. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got time on that. Batwoman's still plugging along. I, I said after seeing the first couple of episodes that it wasn't that bad. It, I didn't like it as much as I did Flash when he first started or Supergirl when she first started. I was talking to my wife as we were watching Sunday's episode of Batgirl, or I'm sorry, Batwoman. And my wife said, the problem here is that you were full-fledged in on Supergirl, who she was character-wise and everything by the end of the premiere episode. Mm. And that here, you're not feeling the same thing. There's something that the actress in Supergirl is giving across that the actress in Batwoman is not. And it doesn't mean we want a clone of Supergirl and Batwoman by any means. It just means that we're not getting any closer to her personally Mm. in this. I'm enjoying Alice the bad guy in it, the woman calling herself Alice after the Lewis Carroll mm-hmm. through the looking glass serials. I don't think it's fully found its feet yet. And we're coming up on a time in December, starting in December 8th with Supergirl crisis on infinite earth hour yeah. one. Yeah. And Batwoman is a part of all this. She's got to, yeah. she's got to find her footing a little faster here because you've only got like a handful of episodes between now and then. And this is a this is a brand new series. That's where I am on Batwoman at the moment. Yeah, it hasn't lost me. It hasn't. What's the time Anchor traveling? You. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't hooked me in and and anchor uh, anchored me into it. What is the time travelers guys? 
Challengers of, of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll be watching Legends of Tomorrow back when the Crisis on Infinite Earth starts, mm. or we'll probably catch up on this new season by then. But I completely fell out of Legends of Tomorrow. And it's not to that point with Batwoman. It's just that it, it seems to be having some growing pains right now. Supergirl is still, I kind of feel that Supergirl is trudging along in her storyline. I like the John Jones stuff. Allie, how do you feel about the, her new costume? You've seen that, haven't you? I've seen bits of it, a picture or two. Uh, yeah. She's got she's got pants now, right? Yeah, it just looks like the costume the, uh, that Superman is wearing. It's except made for a female figure. Mm. It's an interesting choice. It's not necessarily towards the iconic look that was Supergirl. Did she ever wear pants in the comics? I don't really recall her wearing there may have any been, pants. Not, over the years, there's been like where they would like give her a different thing for an arc or two or something. But for the like most part, maybe the nineties. <laughs> they really, they really never skirted too far. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they never really skirted too far away from that skirt. Because yeah. in reality, you can't, you can't really do better than that costume. Yeah, no. I mean, the costume has always been really iconic. Yeah. And it's it, been it, very simple. My feeling on it is the current costume gives the gives that costume a feel of a Kryptonian uniform. Mm. I fully expect yeah. women and officers in the Empire and Star Wars to show up in the black and the gray <laughs> Navy uniforms. Yeah. I fully expect that when I'm not asking for skirts there or, uh, but I am asking for a bit of a different design to set her apart from Superman's costume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I yeah. do know it's not necessarily very popular amongst my friends. So. Okay. So it's not a guy thing, right? No. I, I, I've been yeah, very no, careful with that. It's not a guy thing. I, I want something back that really differentiates her. Other than that, I'm still enjoying it overall. I, yeah. I, I feel we need to move a little quicker, but also I kind of feel like they're killing time until crisis. Probably. Yeah. So that's the Batwoman Supergirl update. And next week we'll try to have more updates for you on that. Albert, do you have any commentary about Batwoman or Supergirl? No, not really. Okay. I don't watch much TV. It makes me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Albert, I don't know if you know the point of this podcast. <laughs> But you're going to have to start. <laughs> well, I watched Watchmen. Okay. That's a good a segue as any. Go ahead. What's your take on Watchmen? I don't know about this show. I don't uh... Allie? Now, let me just preface saying that I read Watchmen a while ago to the point where I kind of blocked it from my memory <laughs> because I don't necessarily like alan moore or frank miller uh, dave givens frank miller had nothing to do with watching that's right that's frank right miller's dark I'm sorry. Yeah. that's right and uh, that is why uh, ali is on the media show and not the comic book show <laughs> hey hey i'm i'm usually good with this stuff okay <laughs> the styles are very similar leave me alone yeah I, um, you can they're no, they're not they're not similar at all. They they're, are very look, similar. For for a long time, I thought Frank Miller came from the same part of England that Alan Moore did. <laughs> <laughs> they think a lot. Frank alike. Miller's an American, so yeah, but they still think a lot alike. I kind of put them in the same category anyway. Let me put this forth, Albert. 
did you feel like it had any connection to the Watchmen other than using character likenesses and names? No. no. Uh, yeah. I, and I think now, as it as it goes on, it, it may, but it just seemed like it was just, that stuff was just sort of thrown in there to sort of fill it out some yeah. rather than actually helping anything. I mean, there's some good, some cool, good ideas and stuff I like in there, but I don't know why we have to have it attached to Watchmen stuff yet. I would have preferred it if they had called this Don Johnson is secretly a racist <laughs> and and left the Watchmen out of it. I mean, if they had named it something different and sold us a little bit of a different premise on it and not tried to force the Watchmen mythology into it, I feel like this would be much more engaging. Do mm. you feel like that? Either of you? Probably. And, you know, and I'm very open with a lot of the stuff that I watch. And yeah. and I enjoy a lot of the stuff that leaves you thinking and and has those types of messages. But this was just kind of sometimes quite gratuitous. Albert, what do you think about if they had named it something else? If they would have named it something else, HBO wouldn't have paid money for it. Probably not. Well, no, it's Lindolf. So they, I mean, surely to God, his, his name resonates some. He hasn't lost the shine off of it. I just this does not feel like Watchmen to me. No, not I mean, at all. From what I do know of Watchmen, it doesn't feel at all like Watchmen. Yeah, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't fit with the movie, it doesn't fit, and it's not well, meant to, it's supposed it, to it, take it's... place after the comic book because they refer to the squid. Well, the issue it, with, the thing about Watchmen, though, concerning the comic book, the only thing that feels like Watchmen is Watchmen. Yeah. I That's mean, the, true. Movie, the movie doesn't feel like Watchmen. No. And this the TV prequels. show doesn't. The, the the prequel comics, Doomsday Clock, this, uh, even though I really like Doomsday Clock, this show, which I think has promise, uh, there's some stuff, like I said, there's stuff in there I like. None of it mm -hmm. feels like Watchmen. A couple of notes. The Tulsa riots were real. So they're trying to use, in that aspect, they're trying to use real life events in, this, in the fictional universe. I just. I don't know where a bunch of racists get off wearing Rorschach's mask. I it, did it, Rorschach never struck me as the least little bit. Because when you boil Rorschach down for uh, simplicity's sake, once you strip him of his layers, he's just a right winger. Well, that's that, that's what that's sort of what they're getting at. I mean, there's Rorschach is way more than that. Welcome that's a broad, that's brain. how they, yeah. they, they've stripped it down to that bottom layer of, well, he, you know, he's a right winger. He, he mailed his journal off to that crazy newspaper and things like that. Or he left it. Yeah. He shoved the journal through the door of the, uh, the new frontiersman or whatever it was. Mm. Yeah. He's, but he's, that's a very broad sh uh, stroke to paint Rorschach with. It just shows that the people in charge really are just using names I don't like it being associated with Watchmen. I'm curious as to where it's going to go with these characters. Yeah. I mean, we had, it was raining squid at one point. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, well, they mentioned, you know, they meant when they interrogating that guy in that room, it's like, do you think the government's faking alien attacks? You know, <laughs> things like that. How would you answer that? <laughs> y y maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Allie. Okay. Coming in from it, from a relatively fresh having read Watchmen years ago mm -hmm. okay and knowing that it's in it's supposed to be a sequel to the comic book Watchmen mm -hmm. 
coming in from that point of view, is there anything about the plot that's appealing to you outside of Watchmen has nothing to do? Is this something you would watch on your own? Probably not. Like, okay. it to me, now, I mean, of course, everybody knows. I mean, I do read DC and I've read Image and I've read all of independent comics, but I am primarily a Marvel reader. It just... There's just something that doesn't necessarily appeal to me as a comic show. Everybody knows that The Walking Dead was based on a comic. So as a comic reader, that sparks my interest. Watchmen, you have that title. And so when so you're, you're a comic reader, you're thinking, oh, hey. This must be based on something they might be doing in the comics, or maybe it'll have some cool references to something that I enjoy. And then you watch it and it has absolutely nothing to do with it. And you're like, why am I watching this? Okay, that's that's pretty much what I was asking myself, too. And you keep seeing all these crit brilliant, genius, next level. And, of course, we know not to listen to professional critics anymore, not. thanks to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But do you think the critics, Albert, Ali, did the critics get, like, five episodes at one time? Or I, were they just all afforded well, a... I think well, usually they do get more at one time to see ahead of everybody. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they all, honestly... They get paid off most Albert. of the time. <laughs> I don't. They could have. I mean, surely like half this series is going to be flashbacks. Mm -hmm. That's what Watchmen was. Watchmen was a bunch of which was a bunch of flashbacks. Yeah. Well, yeah, Don Johnson is in all nine episodes. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. look, I felt this way about it, and I typically avoid spoilers for things because I'd like to enjoy them fresh, and especially since we do the podcast. I'd, yeah. I'd like to enjoy it fresh and you get fresh reactions from me. But I, I viewed this twice last night. And when the second viewing was starting up, because, you know, HBO was playing it back to back, I was yeah. already on IMDb going through the entire roster. <laughs> and I was like, well, we haven't seen the last of Don Johnson. So I, I don't know. For it to get any sort of actual true acclaim, it, it's got to get better than it is. So far yeah. as the acting's concerned in it, I thought Johnson was I mean, great. It's great. I thought, uh, hold on a second. She hasn't got a superhero name, does she? I don't think so. I do want her jacket though. <laughs> well, she got a cool, she's got a cool outfit. And she's I really cool like her jacket. <laughs> yeah, all, I like the act, all the acting in the show was great. Oh, yeah. All the actors did a very good job. And it's not, it was a fairly well-written show. It's just, yeah, it's just not Watchmen. As yeah, Regina, someone who who reads Watchmen once a year, it just sort of I'm looking for something to to say, hey, that's Watchmen, to. or shows yeah. some type of connective tissue to all of it, rather than just hey, here's some characters. Watchmen was more the comic book itself, and you said you read it once a year. Yeah, I typically read it about that often too, maybe more mm -hmm. like you know once every twenty months or so. I go through the absolute compendium, the thing up here and look through it because you always find something new about it. But the comic book was more about humanity's own nihilistic behavior mm -hmm. than it was specific racism and such. Yeah, and this seems I, more about its barbarity. Yeah, it, it really does. Regina King is Angela Abar on it. 
Her character still does not have, uh, I'm sure there's a spoiler out there giving the character name, but uh, on IMDb, it's got a slash, but no character name. My big question is, what the hell is the deal with Panda? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Panda? Yeah, no, I I, I wondered about that one too. Yeah, he everybody's in there and they're either you wearing cop uniforms with yellow masks or specified uniforms, uh costume like uniforms with masks. But and there's a one... random panda guy. Yeah, he's wearing like a furry head. <laughs> and he's just he's... a furry. All, well, all it... I all I see in my head is that episode of South Park with sexual harassment. Also <laughs> that if if I remember right, that, that panda head was fairly beat up. Yeah. So there may be some type of like background story to why he wears that. I'm sure there's got to be, but yeah, I, I'm going to, of course, we're going to stick with it because we've started a new podcast over it. So now you're making me watch see, There's it. certain things in the show I like. I like the aspect of saying, hey, at some point, those Rorschach guys, they just went out and hunt, hunted down the cops and killed a bunch of them. Yeah. So now the cops have are able to wear a mask. And I guess the, uh, the flip side of that is that the cops cannot, you know, use lethal, you know, can't even take their guns out of a holster unless they get absolute approval. No. Yeah. yeah. And that was a tense moment. That really was. And, And then you thought you're past it. And of course you weren't. So there's really no new information or new situations offered that we didn't see in the San Diego comic con preview of this. Mm. The flag is a different design because Vietnam is now uh, the 51st state. And uh, the squid, there's the squid poster in the classroom, and Robert Redford was president. Yeah, but that, also we they had about that. <laughs> yeah, well, also they had Nixon. Robert after, Redford was going to run for president. Well, no, he apparently won for at least one term because on the uh, poster yeah. of Presidents of the United States, it shows Robert Redford, but then it shows Nixon again. Okay, yeah. I didn't see that. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they and the little, girls, the little girls were naming all the presidents and they named Redford. Yeah, so apparently Nixon wins another term after Redford. <laughs> I, I don't know. And apparently Nine Alice Tech is available, at least for police forces to use now or something well he didn't use it very well he seemed to be fumbling with things in it i mean wouldn't they be trained on it if it was police force like well, he you know, wasn't the pilot. john johnson wasn't the pilot the other person was the pilot well may yeah. i say he did an outstanding job <laughs> i'm not sure i'm i mean we'll stick with it and all but i i think i would enjoy this more i would be more intrigued and more into it if they just got rid of all the watchmen references but i also think that both you and ally are right on this albert that you're right that the watchman they're using the watchman name as incentive for hbo and warner brothers to make this yeah. series and ally's right they're using it to draw in comic book fans the same way walking dead did any comments albert last thoughts on watchman first episode no i mean i don't know i don't i mean it, there's nothing like it's a well put together episode where everything's just out of place in it. Yeah, it's kind of out of sync with yeah. the previous material. Allie, you any last uh, thoughts? I mean, I I guess I'll just have to. I mean, I'm somebody who watches at least four episodes in before I really, really make a decision on if I like something or not. This one, like you said, I mean, it seems like it'll be an interesting show, but it, it's it's not Watchmen. Is this I mean, show... it's, it's a spinoff. 
Is this show supposed to be more than one season? I hope not. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there's no listing for a second season. I mean, if if Dr. Manhattan shows up, there's no place well, else to go after he shows up. They did he's show not, him. He's not going to show up to the last episode. Probably not. But he, but they did show him on Mars. Yeah, so. well, he's showing up. Yeah. We just don't know. It's not going to be to the last episode because there's one character actor's name on the IMDb list and it does not list who he's playing. But amazingly mm-hmm. enough, every other cop and everything that didn't get a line has a name to them, yeah. except this one individual. So, so you know. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking they're betting on the second season. Probably. And if, if not, well, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. On to the original purpose of this podcast, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I forgot all about that. Well, yeah, get ready for that. (laughs) Shall I get my notes? (laughs) Yeah, well, get your note. We're going to, now that this is like once every two weeks, we can continue. We can speculate all the way through an update. But first off, we do have an email question from one of the listeners to Kingdom Casts, and I thought it would be appropriate to ask this here. And we'll start this off. Albert and I have answered similar in the past, but because of who this concerns, I think it justifies having this question asked again and going round table on it. All right. Jared asks us, I know you've commented on similar in past podcasts. See, I told you we did. But Scorsese is saying Marvel movies aren't real movies. Actually, Jared, he said, aren't real cinema. Why is there so many actors... Or why are there so many actors and directors in Hollywood down on superhero movies? Because they're not getting because cast. they can't because they can't get funding. <laughs> Albert, I think that's a pretty dead on yeah. answer. I mean, Scorsese had to go to Netflix to get a movie made. Not that there's anything wrong with going to Netflix to get a movie made, but why would out of all the people on earth, why would Scorsese have to go to Netflix to get a movie made? Well, and the other latest person to say something was jennifer aniston and her most recent thing was another netflix movie opposite of adam sandler but sandler that's in part now i know i know she said that too and but sandler that's in part sandler's fault because he signed an exclusive deal with netflix well yeah yeah and i mean that movie put him up to seinfeld level money that's I true. mean, that deal, yeah, that That's... deal put him up to Seinfeldian levels of money. Well, let's just say, I don't really think with that deal, Netflix is going to be around for very long. They overspent. Well, I mean, they're well past the Sandler deal. They've already gotten their money out of Sandler. Well, I mean, uh, the Seinfeld deal, but... Oh, there's a Seinfeld deal? <laughs> I think it, I was. I think it was. Seinfeld. Yeah, when, when, yeah, yeah, they get. Yeah, they got that. Whenever Hulu like, has well, Seinfeld right now, it that's was like over. One point seven billion or something like. It go. Well, yeah, when that's over, it goes to the Netflix. Yeah, that's because their Comcast is looking at yanking Friends from them. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if Seinfeld has has that. Do y'all think Seinfeld, the comedy series, has that sort of legs? I still yes. watch it, and I still yes. find. Every other episode funny. It is the most expensive show to get. That's indication. Was. Simpsons, if they ever end Simpsons, it'll be the Simpsons and that'll be and no one will come close which, to that. But which Disney has. But while they, they own Fox. While they make as long as they're making Simpsons episodes, it will be Seinfeld. I still think they overpaid. Wow. I did not know that they paid how much? One billion? One point seven, I think it was. Well, hell, they could have. 
they could have bought DC Comics for that. And it, and it was over. It was. It's like over for like a three a three year deal from Sony. Yeah, I mean it was high. <laughs> one point seven billion for one TV series that they're not going to make any more of. Yep. Yep. Just do, to have for like three years. Do they get to like make Larry David live in a house at the Netflix <laughs> offices? <laughs> it's ridiculous. But no. Uh, when it comes to cinema, and, and this is what it comes down to, and to kind of joke about it, I've watched Godfather 3, and no. Just no Scorsese. No. Not all Scorsese's are Scorsese. <laughs> I hate to say that. Hugo, I mean, well, he was producer on Hugo, but it, it's still a Scorsese. But not every Scorsese is a Scorsese. The thing is, is and it comes down to... The people who have been said, the, the creators who have been saying a lot of this, they are a group that stays within a particular box of creativity. To me, it just seems like they don't want to reach out of this box. They don't see, say, Marvel or what Fahi and they want to make these movies as. Fahi has come out to say, we're not making superhero movies. We are making movies, but they are about superheroes. When Jared posed that question, when I initially, before I ever read Jared's question, I had seen the statement from Scorsese and what it was yeah. very reminiscent of, and I'm not poking fun, but the first thing that popped in my mind was when Charlie Chaplin said that the talkies are just a fad. Right. I was kind of like, well, Mr. Scorsese, you know, the talkies aren't just a fad. They're yeah. going to be here. They will always, from this point forward, this will always be a genre. Coppola said crap about Marvel movies too. Yeah. yeah, well, that's, yeah, oh, since, yeah, since Jared sent this, Aniston and Coppola, Jennifer yeah, Aniston Coppola. and Francis Ford Coppola said it, he said they're not cinema. He's, he did not say they're not movies. He said they're not cinema. And I think in his mind, there's a difference between movies and cinema. But, but to you me, go, there isn't. It's all, it's all art in its own form. To me, when I watch a Marvel movie, I am seeing something that, I read, I saw drawn on a page in panels when I was eight years old, magically become real in film. That's art to me. Yeah. And that becomes, that's cinema. How is that not cinema? Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition. Because it's, because oh, you can make the argument that the Marvel movies are not a single person's vision. They are movies made by committee. Why is that any different? Why does that become any different than one person, what one person wants to make? Because there's, make a, because there's a different, because there's a difference between Avengers Endgame and Goodfellas. That's why. Well, there's a difference between uh, Thor 3 and Apocalypse Now. Screw them then. <laughs> but they're all fiction that, yeah. oh, well, Goodfellas, well, no, Goodfellas is fiction. I, yeah, I know it's fellas. based. I know it's based on Henry Hill's accounting, but the FBI agent who is in the movie has a completely different have, accounting of it as well. Have you have you ever seen interviews with Henry Hill? God, yeah, he is good insane. Lord. That guy, that guy. <laughs> I don't see how the man ties his shoes. The well, he's dead now, so it, uh, that's well, not a problem for him. Yeah, yeah. Howard Stern, when Howard Stern had a one-hour or ninety-minute 
late night run on WWOR out of New York on TV. He had Henry Hill on there and Baba Louie or whoever the guy's name is or whatever well, was behind the stage and was faking a phone call in that <laughs> she was she was one of the widows uh, that whose husband was killed during the Latanza heist. Oh, and man. they were making Henry Hill apologize for it yeah. on the air. That's so yeah. mean. I, uh, mean? <laughs> I mean, the guy is a thug. I know, but jeez. Well, I mean, it's disrespectful to the actual people, most people in that. And you but... know, it really got a lot of those guys arrested. That was part of that stuff in real life. It was like I think like betting on like high school or college but basketball games or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what did a bunch off. of them in. Okay, well, let me let me throw this out there, and then we'll go on to Marvel Cinematic. Did y'all know that My Blue Heaven is actually a sequel to Goodfellas? never actually even watched it because i really don't care steve steve martin and oh my god what's his name from ghostbusters oh rick moranis yeah steve martin and rick moranis my blue heaven steve martin plays henry hill and it is a little more accurate i'm sorry Hmm. nora efron is the writer on it and uh, uh i believe one of the producers on my blue heaven but it was a little more it was actually a little more accurate so far as that little misadventure of henry hill goes than goodfellas was according to the fbi agent that Mm. actually was after henry hill so that was my little mafia (laughs) trivia bit okay moving on to marvel speculation well Allie has all three of us had said in the past repeatedly it was not even a problem They've got Spider-Man back, and I'm willing to bet that even though they're saying it's only for a one standalone and then one Marvel Cinematic deal, that that's just biding time. What do you think? Yeah, it's just right now brushing things over, and they're going to make money with the new ones that they're going to make, and then they're just going to renegotiate again. Because Sony Japan is not going to let Sony Pictures America get there's too much money to lose if they take control honestly because to take spidey out of the marvel cinematic U is just it's stupid well well, peter's all they got they they have no focal point for that universe Exactly. exactly because honestly as much as i actually did enjoy venom for what it was they don't have anything with venom without peter they don't have anything without venom and the stuff that they set up with the marvel cinematic universe is just honestly ingenious and nothing that they could come with come up with on their own could come close Without going completely and totally into the entire panel we did at the library event. It was amazing. Yeah, because we will have breakdown after breakdown and chance after chance to do this now. You proffered a very interesting theory. I'm kind of in agreement with this, but I'm not sure exactly how they would fully work around the situation. But Peter Billingsley. Mm Mm-hmm. And yep. and just for everybody listening to know, Peter Billingsley was Ralphie in A Christmas Story when he was a child. <laughs> and he is a multi-gazillionaire because he grew up and he became a producer. Yep. He did not go the way of most child stars or anything. He was smart. He had it together. And he became a producer. 
he uh, was instrumental in getting not just Iron Man, but uh, one of the he was one of the key factors stood behind Favreau yes. in in their belief that Robert Downey Jr. is the only one to play Tony Stark because the studio did not want Robert Downey because he was a huge insurance risk at the time. He came in on that and he also had a cameo in the first Iron Man movie. He's the guy that well, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges' character yells at, Stain yells at, you know, saying, Tony Stark built this in a cave with scrap metal. And well, I'm yep. not Tony Stark. And he showed back up in Spider-Man Homecoming has one of the disgruntled Stark employees that was helping Mysterio and, in fact, is probably the one that's responsible for Spider-Man's identity being revealed to everybody at the yes. end of that movie. Yep. Allie, tell us succinctly who you think they're building toward him being and why i believe that peter billingsley plays doc ock they have him as a different name but if he was caught being associated with mysterio it's possible they would have to change his name he has all of the resources even throughout far from home you can see how easily he has the engineering he has the programming he has all of the stuff now that mysterio does he's essentially the one who basically runs the entire choreography of the he's the orchestrator exactly yeah. he's the uh, orchestrator of this for everything and he just does it without even paying attention it's like he's a he's a super genius but also the way that he looks peter billingsley is not bald no no he's not at all he's he got a full head affair totally different in real life but they shave his head to mm -hmm. look specifically the particular way and right down to the fact that his glasses are square the more that i started looking at this the more i'm like oh my god i think they're setting him up to be doc ock and it's even got down to the point where we've looked into interviews with him to where he said that he's met up not with the director or anything but he's met up with kevin Feige about it that he would come back in a heartbeat to do well, to do roles. I said before, and I need to correct this. I said homecoming, but it's actually far from home. Right. He's in. Did I say? Yeah. No, well? you said far from home, I and that's far, how I knew yeah. I had. Yeah, I'd made. A I bet the third one's called like like Home Sweet Home or something like that. <laughs> Be it ever so humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, his his name in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far is William Genter Riva. Yes. R I V A. His producer credits. He's there. He's got twenty-two significant producer oh, yeah. credits here. I mean, he's worth a ton of cash. Okay. He's also my age, which makes me want to sit down and reconsider my entire life. Albert, do you think that's a way they could go with it? Let's say for a second they don't even call him Otto Octavius like they do in the comic books. Doctor Octopus's real name in the comic books is Otto Octavius because Stan Lee and Steve Ditko are clever. If they if they called him Riva and he still became Doctor Octopus, what would you think of that? I think that I mean I'm fine with it. I think he'd do a good job. The only issue if I I would have this would be like the fifth or sixth villain that exists just because they're mad at Tony Stark. Yeah. So you had Stain, you had oh what's his face, 
Whiplash from the second one. Yeah. Mysterio. Guy, Pier- uh, Guy Pierce from the third one. Um, Mandarin yeah. or whatever this one called. You had Mysterio. And now you got this guy, and I'm probably missing somebody. That's a good point. But to be fair, could you not see if Tony Stark existed in reality, him pissing a lot of people off? Right? Like not to everybody? the point where that all not to the point where everybody would end up as super villains. <laughs> I it depends on what you've got available or what you got at hand and how petty you are. I can see the argument there, but what if what if Riva's motivation was more towards Spider-Man running a good thing for him and getting revenge on Spider-Man? Because Tony's gone. Would you still consider him a Iron Man villain at that point or an Iron Man-inspired villain at that point? Yeah, because that's where yeah. his origin would be. That's mostly. where he came from. Okay. Exactly. There's like a whole bit of it that I had, and, and I'm trying to look through everything to make sure that I had it. It's to the point to where all of these people, honestly, yeah. now have a grudge against Spider-Man. Because if you think about it, they could now be exposed. He would have a way to find out because he still has Edith, you know, so he would have ways to find out who they are. Well, not just that, but Nick Fury, if he weren't busy popping around out in space there, (laughs) Nick Fury would, this is one of the benefits or this is one of the plot points that benefit the overall story arc going forward after Thanos, after Infinity War Mm -hmm. and Endgame is that Nick Fury is off planet. You have a very poor excuse of a scroll subbing for him at this time. I was sitting through this entire movie, Kip. My initial thought was Nick Fury is the chameleon. Because I knew that this Nick Fury in Far From Home could not possibly be the same Nick Fury. There are just too many mistakes he seemed to be making. But all of them was on purpose so far as the script was concerned. I think you're on the right track, but different person. Oh. The chameleon, his real name is Dimitri. Dimitri, yeah. Yeah. And there Uh, was a Dimitri. There was the Dimitri was the guy who drove the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that that's the chameleon, which honestly would make sense for the chameleon to actually be a scroll. Like, really? I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't want any more scrolls than we have to have, Albert. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. But if they're pulling a secret invasion, you know. Yeah, but it's a, it's a different kind. I actually don't think it's a secret invasion in as much that there may be a movie called Secret Invasion. Well, no. And it's not going to be the scrolls. I think Albert pointed this out before. I think it's the other way before. around. Yeah, that it's actually the Kree yeah. that yeah. Inf- are infiltrating. Oh, yeah. Because if you listen, Nick Fury, scroll Nick Fury in Far From Home, is on a phone call at one point in Germany. And he says, I thought the Kree safe houses were a matter of top secret. Yeah. On the phone, talking about, yeah. you know, Kree's being, yeah, uh, having safe houses in and around on the earth. And I think what you're leading toward is a Kree scroll war situation. And yeah. I think that probably would be the central point for Captain Marvel, too. Don't you think? Don't you guys think, Albert, first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever the Captain Marvel movie is, it can't be Captain Marvel. It'll be something else. And they just make her the main character. But that seems I mean, there's, to be the there's way no, that... I mean, she's got no villains to use. 
She's got huh? no character-defining story you can adapt from the comics, really. They're never going to do her alcoholism because they pretty much threw away Tony's after the first, after the second movie. I was I mean, okay there's, with there's that. There's nothing to do with that character outside of just being like, we're going to do this big story and just have her be in there as the main character. Well, I think you're, I, I can see that too. I think that would be along the lines of Civil War. I just want to see Chewie and, and Rocket go at it, so... That's, well, the cat, the cat's name, the cat's no, it's name not. Is... No, it's not. Chewie is the cat's name. For those of you listening at home, Chewie <laughs> is the cat's name in the comic books. The cat's name in the movie is what? No. What is it? They name him Goose. Goose. Oh, yeah. But it's after not. Well, that makes sense. And it's because, it's because, and this is what they said. They didn't want it to get confused because of Star Wars, because it's so easy to confuse a seven foot Wookiee with, you know, an orange tabby. Well, the orange tabby is in the comic books named after Chewbacca. Exactly. <laughs> no, the, the no, name I... thing comes from like all these Marvel movies. And this goes back to there being differences between cinema and, and movies <laughs> is that all these Marvel movies have to go, every little frame and little thing you see on that screen has to go through and be approved by marketing. And marketing told them not to name that cat Chewy. Well, marketing's if, full of crap. If I was, to be honest, if I was in marketing and that came down the pike, I'd do the same thing. Because, yeah, you do have toys out there that are labeled as Chewy for Star Wars. And if the cat's marketable, you, you want the cat to be marketable under another name. And Goose, while it's associated with Top Gun, is kind of innocuous. I really don't see them making Top Gun stuffed animals anytime soon. They're coming out with the second movie, though. I know. Top Gun 2. Top Gunnier. <laughs> I'm oddly like really looking forward to that movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably going to see it. Well, yeah, we'll that movie, see it. Now, look, at if you look at that trailer, that movie... Like it, it could be a crap movie, but that movie's going to look amazing on like some giant movie theater. Oh, it really is. And you know, the first Top Gun movie at the time, it was good. I, I watch it. If I watch it now, I'm not going to like it as much. I think I last saw it about 10 years ago. I don't even remember the last time I watched Top Gun. Most of my Top Gun, gun knowledge now comes from Archer. <laughs> right? Danger Zone! Yeah, so. Okay, now I've Same. got a little... While we're on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've got a little tidbit here that somebody had sort of offered up to me and said, have you heard about this? And no, I had not heard about it. And then it turns out that there's a lot of non-headline buzz going on about the possibilities. But this is completely speculation. There's two lines of thought on what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. And the main statement here is that Feige Mm -hmm. intends to run the comic books has intervals and situations that occur in between movies, keeping it in the same manner as the Star Wars comic books and the Star Wars movies. No, don't give a crap. Uh, Okay, there's two lines of thought of this. One line of thought is that's where 616 is headed. The Mm. other line of thought is that this is separate from 616 and will be a different line. But it'll feature top-notch creators and people that'll be able to carry it off that'll draw people into it. Mm. 
Now, Albert, why do you say that you, no one would give a crap? Which tells me that Albert would not give a crap. So why would Albert not give <laughs> there a would, crap? There would be, with those, if they did comics that took place in between movies, there'd be zero creative input from actual creative people. I do I, I, know that a lot of people are worried about that. They, it would just I be know like, that a lot of people want them to stay separate. I think there are those who wouldn't mind a separate complimentary uh series to go with the movies but i think they honestly want 616 to stay separate there's no way they're getting rid of 616 oh yeah no i don't think so either Surely, why wouldn't they because 616 is the main continuity and accounts for the majority of comic book sales period not not the majority of Marvel comic books, but the I mean, majority how much, of... How much, how much money the one, the one of those movies make profit-wise compared to how many years worth of comics do you think it takes them to make that? But it still makes money. They can They're, switch up the history as well. Like the, yeah. the timelines, they can be more open with the actual stories and change things up while MCU continuity has to be a little bit more rigid. They're talking about like all the multiverses at this point too so why would they streamline it all into one when they're just about to split it i love the way they've done the star wars comic line with the star wars movies but but the whoever the writer is jason aaron pack whoever the current writer is uh, and gillen on the uh, star wars books and the darth vader books and the dr afra books they had to answer to lucasfilm on every little thing. And there were changes that would be made. No, you can't do this. You got to go back. And these are comic books that are set in between, say, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And it still has to conform to continuity. And they're but, this, very but these are all, this is two completely different things, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think that Marvel will not get rid of 616, but have a different line of comic books that yeah. go in between the movies. Exactly. Kind of like they actually did have a couple of those in between the Avengers movies, like the lead up. But those weren't, these would have to be way more significant and done way better because those books are just, look, the prequel to Endgame, the prequel comic book to Endgame was a comic book adaptation of Infinity War. Most of their adaptations of the movies was just the previous movie. Oh, yeah. That's ex- yeah, that's exactly it. Some and of them, it wasn't even the same line of movie. It would have been Which, like the Captain America Civil War was like Iron Man. You know, this is, I don't remember if this is how they did it. It'd be like Iron Man 3 or something or something like that. They yeah. wouldn't even adapt the same line of movie. It, it, that would not stand. Those tacky yeah. little adaptions. But, I mean, but who'd, I, want to make, who'd want to make those books? Adaptations. Um, any well, any writer they, that does it, if they that's make not struggling it, to find work, ain't, ain't going to do those books. Cause I don't know. If I I, I, yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> as far as getting like established top tier people, if I was, let's say, Dan Slott, I wouldn't yeah. want to write those movie comics. Oh, he's too busy Why? anyway. Allison is trying desperately to work in her Winter Soldier Nightwing fan fiction oh, into, yeah, into any no, continent. They wouldn't get along. <laughs> they hate each other. I'm telling you. Uh, no, but you're, yeah. Dick I'm, is, Dick is too, uh, too lighthearted for Bucky. <laughs> read his current comics <laughs> well yeah that's true that's true he's kind of gone emo hasn't he i'm with you albert 
I understand that they wouldn't necessarily sign up just for the sake of writing that comic, but what if they were provided incentive by some movie title that they appear in the credits that would get them a SAG, uh, not necessarily a SAG card, but a, 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 a producer card or something like that. Mm. Because you can hand out, if you watch TV shows, you know that producer credits are just handed out like candy. Yeah, uh, the star actor will have a producer credit. Adam Baldwin was a producer on 30 Rock. And you know damn well he wasn't attending any meetings that didn't require him reading, right? So do you think that if they dangled movie credit out in front of, let's say, Zadarsky or Gillen? And I'd you, love Chip just to write yeah, more I mean, like it, things it, like that. That'd be amazing. Chip would be a good choice for that for a, a few reasons. First off, he's good. But secondly, I think he works well with editors, say, better than... I love Jason Aaron, but I, I know Jason needs a lot more free reign yeah. than, yeah, than say, Lucasfilm or anybody would give him. But Albert, do you think that would be incentive for a writer to go over to it? I mean, after all, that was the rumor as to why Bendis left Marvel was because he wasn't getting involved enough in the movies or as much as he thought No, he was. Bendis left Marvel... Uh, and business the interview about this. I mean, there's several things. Like at Marvel, he had done wrote it. Like it was literally the only character they knew to offer him that he hadn't had his crack at was Deadpool, and he didn't want to do that. But a lot of it was just like Bendis said one day, early on in all that Marvel Universe stuff, hmm. Marvel Comics, yeah, just stopped getting phone calls from Disney, and that was the end of that. And if you worked at Marvel Comics, unless your name was like Jeff Loeb, you was cut off. You wasn't getting anywhere. You wasn't doing anything. You were stuck there. Disney wanted nothing to do with you. And I don't see how that's changed at all because it hasn't. Well, well Foggy's in charge now. Foggy could have called them up years back anyway, but he didn't do it. Okay, but say for the sake of the matter that he does offer some sort of film credit for somebody that writes the in-between books, the interval books. Do you think that's incentive enough? No, why would it be? Well, they would get a check from an additional yeah. credit in the movie. I guess. As well. I should be and, getting checks anyway. And you get residuals if you... It would be, have to be a hell of a writer and a hell of a comic book well, story yeah, to justify but... residuals. It would have to be Stan Lee level. Yeah, well, most yeah, most of those. If you get your contract, to me, it right? seems like most of those creators just to stay in their good graces. Disney probably cut some like some thank you money. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's sort of how they take care of, care of that. Like, there's nothing that they there's nothing in any of those. I mean, Starlin has nothing written in a contract anywhere that says he probably gets a cut from anything they've done with Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Disney was like, "Here's money to keep you happy." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you for you know having the foresight to create this character. 50 years before we had the foresight to buy Marvel comics. I I can understand that, but that's again, as far as I can tell, this is just pure speculation. I'd be okay. If he launched, if he attempted to launch something that was a line dedicated just to the Marvel cinematic universe, Mm. I don't want him. There's I don't want him messing around with what Hickman's doing on (laughs) X-Men or Ewing's doing on the Hulk. These are very complicated matters here. Yeah. And so I can't see, personally, I can't see the 616 going anywhere. Albert, do you see it going anywhere? 
I mean, in reality, at, at this point in time, it just takes one phone call, and that, that's the end of it if it happens. Do you understand? Okay, now I, I'm going to I'm going to throw a couple of things at you real quick as a hardcore <laughs> comic book guy. Marvel Comics is the comic book industry. Okay. I, I I love DC. I love Superman. I love yeah. Batman. But Marvel Comics, so far as comic books, print comic books go, they make it. They're what the game is. Do you think? that the comic book industry in and of itself is so weak that Marvel comics could be treated like that. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. I, do. I mean, I know it's, I know it's weaker than it was 16 years ago, uh, given I'm, and I'm talking strictly the print comics and the revenue from the print comics and most of the stores out there, this has other than, other than just a handful of stores that I'm aware of, there's not a completely comic book store whose main mm. focus and goal was comic books. They always have to dichotomize and be something else Yeah. in addition to that. But you really do think it would, it would just take a phone call at this It'd point. It'd take one phone call and that'd be the end of modern comics as we know it. A single phone call. I didn't want to go. I, I don't think so. From a standpoint as a reader and as someone who interacts a lot with uh, comic readers and comic fans. I know people who still buy weekly. You know, okay, they. But let me let me share this with you, Allie. Mm-hmm. And th- because and I feel this is important to say, in order to motivate more people to go out there and buy from their oh, yeah. local comic book shop. Oh, don't definitely. go to don't go to under no circumstances walk in the doors of Books a Million and Second and Charles is controlled no. by Books a Million. Do yeah. not go to your independent comic book shop yes the people that are doing it by themselves but i'm going to share this with you i know plenty of people in and out of the guy i get stopped every time i go out of the house and this is not a lie and i'm not i'm not i i hate saying this but this is just to go to the point i get stopped by people that want to talk to me about comic books that Mm -hmm. are not buying the comic books but yet they're reading them and are Mm -hmm. familiar with what's happening to them and are this and that. And they're all comic book fans. I don't say, look, Captain America has more fans now than he did in 1980. He probably has more fans now than he did during World War II. Oh, yeah. Batman, you know, Batman is a powerhouse. But being a fan is not saving the comic book stores. And it's, no. not, and it's not saving the print comics. And Albert's right. In comparison to the movies, it's just a flickering candle. But it's still... True a candle that does bring in some money and I don't see them wanting to crash the ad revenue at that. And I think Feige yeah. is smart enough not to do that. That's, I think that's what I'm trying to say is I know people who go to their local comic store every week go. is what okay. I'm saying. I don't know anybody who actually goes to everybody that's, that yeah. I talk to who goes to get either trades or get comic stash they always go to a local and that's what i want to emphasize because yeah. they're you know, oh, you, yeah. you always want to shore them up whoever yeah. that oh, may be yeah never but <laughs> but albert i it does scare me because i do believe you're right albert i do believe it would take the right phone call i just don't yeah. think that i really do not think that anybody in line of succession between marvel and disney is going to make that phone call no I can see it standing. I can see them doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe book or books by themselves. And it'd yeah. have to be a better offering. 
and, and there's still people that work on them. And I want to say, especially because the people that I do know who have been working in the group with Marvel Entertainment and with them, they are fans. They yeah. are comic readers. I don't see them pulling the plug on anything. If anything, they're going to work harder to keep everything in print. I would hope so. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and round that <laughs> up for this episode. We'll yes. come back in another two weeks with movies and we we, need, we'll come we back and a... start. We need to start talking about D plus shows because that's coming up. <laughs> the D plus shows. Uh, oh, the Disney. Soldier, no, that's exactly and... that's exactly what we're going. Oh, to do. That's the whole... awesome. yeah, because man, we was talking about bad shows or something. Because no, no, because my friend keeps dropping. <laughs> Albert hints was getting excited. They're driving me nuts. <laughs> Albert was getting excited. He was about like, well, oh. hell, let's go for the F shows too. The ones that really <laughs> suck. <laughs> I'll no. find. I'll find a really terrible show or movie just for you, Albert, and I'll make you watch it, and then you can talk about it. Zarutha. That's part of the whole reason we're going to be doing these every two weeks is because yeah. now the media is just becoming so saturated. So that's the point of media mess. Every two weeks, we come back and we talk about what's streaming, what we can watch. It, we had so many suggestions for The Dark Crystal and Stranger Things, and now it's kind of a missed opportunity, but we will take the opportunity. I can't, I can't watch Dark Crystal. It just bores me to tears. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love that's, it. That's called it's such a like technically the movie and the show technically is fantastic. There's yeah. a lot of you know a lot of work put into those shows, but just they're they're dry. They're very very dry. <laughs> well, Allie can relate because Allie's one of those little elven people from <laughs> apparently. I mean, I'm short enough. So that's the whole point of this. That's yes. what we're going to do in the future. Okay, so we're going to call this one. We're going to end this episode up if you've got any questions please send them to kingdom casts that's kingdom c-a-s-t-s at gmail.com we've got a facebook page up and we're on twitter as kingdom casts and of course as always we're on facebook and twitter as kingdom comics too wherever you can reach us any of those places facebook twitter gmail send us your suggestions your information we are or your questions your suggestions your criticism we are paying attention to you so with yeah. that we're going to end this up alice and marceau say good night to the people night guys albert marsh say something clever that was it <laughs> that's it that was it all right well thank you both and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and we'll have our regular Kingdom Casts podcast out this week Thursday no later than Friday. Thank you again and thank you for listening.